Thank you for tuning in to the Voice Epilepsy Podcast, which has been brought to you by the BC Epilepsy Society and the international I Am A Voice For Epilepsy Awareness Campaign. The Voice Epilepsy Podcast introduces a variety of topics related to epilepsy, including medications, treatment, law, employment, surgery, mental health, stress, and stigma, among many others. Whether you are a person living with epilepsy or you have a personal or professional interest in epilepsy, the Voice Epilepsy Podcast is the podcast for you. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Sharari. I'm from the Disability Alliance of BC. And for those of you who don't know DABC, we are a nonprofit organization that works in and around BC, but we're based in Vancouver, and we help uh, people with all sorts of disabilities live independently and with dignity in their communities. So today I'm gonna be doing a kind of brief overview of some of the disability benefits that are available to people living in BC. All right, so the PWD designation is the provincial disability designation that's administered through the Ministry of Social Development and Poverty Reduction. So some of you might know that the MSDPR is also the ministry that provides people with income assistance or um, persons with persistent and multiple barriers. Um, But what we're gonna be focusing on tonight is the persons with disability designation, um, which does provide people up to $1,183.42 a month currently, and that's for a single person. Um, In order to be eligible for PWD benefits, you can't be making more than the rate that they're giving um, in a month. So that means currently, if someone's making more than $1,183 before they want to apply, they wouldn't qualify. So in order to qualify, you have to be a resident of British Columbia and a Canadian citizen. Um, You have to be 18 or older and you have to have a serious disability for at least two years or more. And that can be any kind of disability. It can be physical or mental health. Um, And they have to kind of lead to a significant restrictions in your ability to perform daily living activities. Um, And then you also have to require ongoing help, whether that be from another person, an assistive device, or an assistance animal. So other than kind of being under the rate amount, you also have to have less than $100,000 in assets, which doesn't include um, like the house that you are living in or the car that you're actively driving, but it does mean, for example, cash or investments or any other property other than the primary residence. Some um, exemptions to this would be the registered disability savings plan, which we'll talk about in a bit, or a registered disability savings trust. Once someone has been approved for PWD benefits, however, they are allowed to work and earn up to $15,000 a year without it being clawed back from any of their disability benefits. And that's for a single person. So for a couple, you are allowed to earn up to $18,000 if one person has PWD and $30,000 if you're a couple where both people are on PWD benefits. So this can be quite difficult for some people. For example, if you um, are a person with a disability and have a spouse who's working and making a lot of income, that means that unfortunately you wouldn't qualify for this program. 
So as mentioned before, what someone gets if they are approved for PWD benefits is $1,183.42 monthly for support and shelter, and as well as a transportation supplement, which is currently either $52 a month cash or a bus pass for TransLink and BC Transit served communities, health benefits, and other supplements. Because this is an income and asset based um, program, you do have to kind of go through the income assistance application first and prove that you qualify financially. So they'll ask for things like bank records um, and other financial information in order to ensure that financially you'll qualify as well as making sure that you medically qualify. So some of the health benefits that come with being on PWD are things like um, MSP coverage, extended, extended medical therapies, and there's also additional diet or nutritional supplements that one can apply for, and things like dental coverage, glasses coverage, just to name a few things. So how does one apply? As discussed before, um, once you've kind of gone through the income assistance application portion of the um, application, you'll get what's known as the PWD application booklet, which is a big like yellow booklet. They're also now are doing online versions of the form as well. So they're sent to you kind of via the online portal that the ministry uses. Um, so there's three different sections to the form. The first section is a applicant information portion. So it's meant to be a self-report. The second portion is a medical report that's meant to be filled out either by the applicant's main medical practitioner um, or it can be a specialist. And section three is an assessor's report, which can be filled out either by the same medical doctor as section two or can be filled out by um, other qualified practitioners such as a social worker. So some of the severity that you want to focus on um, for someone's application is the severity of the medical condition so that it needs to last at least two years or more. Um, the restrictions, so specific restrictions they have in daily living activities and some of those activities that um, the ministry considers daily living activities are things like self-care, um, dressing yourself, um, preparing a meal, um, household chores, physical mobility, um, social functioning, and uh, transportation. So a real focus on how an applicant is restricted in those areas, as well as what kind of assistance uh, they're either receiving or that they're not necessarily receiving right away, but um, um, should be receiving or are required to be receiving. Um, and it can either be from a person, so it could be a friend, a family member, someone that's hired on, support staff, something like that. It can be from like an assistive device. So for example, if someone is in a wheelchair or uses a cane or something like that, um, or an assistance animal. So if someone has like a service dog or a service animal. Um, so section one, which is the self-report is optional. Um, it is actually quite a good place for people to be able to provide um, information and provide information from their point of view that would um, hopefully also match up with the information that the doctor and the assessor are giving. 
Um, and it's, it's a real opportunity to provide details. So because the rest of the form is quite structured, this is the only section of the form in which people can write out information and provide like examples and provide more detail than they would on any other section of the form. Um, section two, as we discussed, is the medical report. Some examples of great language to use for this section are things like a severe and persistent impairment, um, mentioning that despite ongoing treatments that this isn't going to result, resolve in the next two years, and that the impairments are pervasive and severe, and that they require significant ongoing assistance from another person. Um, so, in the form, they will ask you whether or not restrictions are periodic or restrictions are continuous. Um, so in order to meet the periodic criteria, a doctor does have to um, say exactly how long something is happening. So a lot of the times we'll see that someone gets denied because the doctor didn't specify how often and for how long someone is restricted in doing something. Um, and restricted means that someone requires assistance even though they might not get it or accept it. So it's more a focus on the need for help rather than what kind of help is that person actually getting actively. Um, so another good thing to focus on is also um, getting the doctor to write that they support support the application and that they agree with the applicant's self-report. Um, so this can just kind of tie in the whole application together and, and show doctor support for their patient. And then section three, um, again, a doctor can fill it out. Section three is more detailed than section two is. So this provides an opportunity for a doctor or a professional to write down um, details of how something is restricted or indicate how much longer an activity would take. I know I threw a lot of information out there. I hope that that was helpful, but if anyone has any questions, um, would like to apply for one of these programs, needs help in any kind of way, we are always available. So you can email us at advocacy at disabilityalliancebc.org. You can call us at 604-872-1278, um, or you can visit our website where we have a lot of help sheets that kind of explain a lot of the programs that we help with, but more in depth and can provide examples and details on those help sheets as well. And obviously once COVID's over, you can come visit us in our office, but currently we are closed. Thanks so much, and I hope that helps. Thank you for joining us for another Voice Epilepsy podcast episode. Don't forget to follow us on all of our BC Epilepsy Society and I Am a Voice for Epilepsy Awareness social media platform. In closing, remember, you matter, and we are here for you. We hope you'll make Thursdays our epilepsy date night and tune in to the Voice Epilepsy podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.